Okay, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. And I hope you're all very well out there, wherever there is. Thank you very much for joining us today. The two Ds, digitalization and decarbonization, as a recent Tradewinds headline ran, are the big issues of our day and the major themes on the road to operational excellence. In this panel, we're talking cybersecurity. In an increasingly digitalized world, we increasingly need to be digitally or cyber secure. In 2021, next year, IMO guidance on cybersecurity becomes applicable. So how are we gonna meet the IMO 2021 cybersecurity mandate to protect ships, seafarers, cargoes, and the environment, as well as ports and infrastructure? How prepared is the industry to manage cyber risk? There have been a number of very high profile cases of cyber attacks affecting shipping companies, and most recently a very serious one affecting a shipyard. What are the risks we face while also making sure we can reap the full benefits of digitalization? <clears throat> well, we have an excellent panel to talk us through the issues and tell us how they see things and what's gonna happen now. So thank you to Nicholas, Annie, Eleni, and all at Capital Link for setting this up today. Let's get started. My name is Nick Brown. I work in the Marine and Offshore Division of Bureau Veritas here in Paris. Let me introduce our fantastic panel. We have Harris Plakotanaki. She's the Chief Strategy Officer at Starbolt Carriers, the largest US listed dry cargo company in the world. Captain Rob Comfer, he's a chief in the Office of Design and Engineering Standards at the, U at the United States Coast Guard, the federal agency with responsibility for ensuring America's maritime safety, security, and stewardship. Jean-Baptiste Gillet is the Director of Advanced Services at Bureau Veritas Marine and Offshore, a leading classification society and multi-sector testing, inspection, and certification organization. Haralambos, or Babis Kalevrezoglu, is the Information Security Officer at Tototheo, providers of solutions in satellite communication, navigation systems, and digitalization services. Lastly, but certainly not least, David Fu is a Senior Director, Operations Technology at the Maritime and Port Authority of Singapore. So I'm hoping to help the participants identify what, from their own perspectives, are the key issues related to maritime cybersecurity, all in the context, of course, of connected ships and connected ports, including the need to maximize the opportunities of digitalization. New ships with more sensors and software across many items of equipment will be needed for shipping to take the maximum advantage of the potential benefits that are now emerging. But they will also need to be cyber protected. So if we start with the ship owner, Harris, um, what would you like to go first? What are the key issues from your standpoint as a leading operator of bulk carriers? Thank you, Nicolas, and hello, everyone, and thank you to Capital Link for the invitation today. So th there is no doubt that automation and digitalization in the shipping industry are progressing faster than ever today. We literally see a new technology or platform being presented to us every week, whether we're talking about commercial management, technical management, financial management, and of course, also with regards to connectivity and operating technologies on board our vessels. Also, the recent pandemic has uh, accelerated even further the adoption and use of cyber communication. Now, the more shipping companies embrace technology, and as, as uh, Nicholas already mentioned, the more vulnerable they are to malicious attacks to their systems and networks, 
Uh, and in that respect, we see considerations when it comes to safety, environment, commercial impact, and of course also there is a risk to compromise the integrity uh, and the um, availability of data and also the financials of a company. Now, in this context, cybersecurity is not a nice to have discussion anymore, but a mandatory practice for all shipping companies. And I would say, especially the ones who aspire to be front runners on digitalization and automation. And to the question of how, how we ensure maritime cybersecurity, um, uh, we definitely need to look into uh, the mandate that comes from the senior management of a company. So the need to protect the company's information and operating technology in order to safeguard confidentiality, availability, and integrity of data and operations has to start from the top management of a team. And it is critical that the management team understands and recognizes the risks involved and is engaged throughout the process of developing, implementing, and maintaining cybersecurity systems, policies, and processes. Uh, as an example, here at Starbuck, we have a holistic plan in place, and we make sure to report on a quarterly basis directly to our board of directors on uh, developments related to cybersecurity and also on progress that is made on relevant projects we have underway at any given time. Now, a, a second challenge in ensuring maritime cybersecurity, I would say, is uh, awareness and training among crews on board and also among shore employees, um, training on how to identify and respond to cyber attacks. Because no matter how good your systems, policies, and processes, absence of a cybersecurity culture can expose a company and its vessel to unnecessary risks. Um, again, as an example here at Starbuck, um, uh, we are in the process of providing cybersecurity training to our seafarers during crew forums that uh, we conduct in Manila, where we have an exclusive crewing agency. Uh, we also are in the process of providing training remotely and, of course, during onboard attendances. Not at the moment, because we have suspended those, but as soon as we are back on board with attendances, we will be implementing those as well. And, of course, as, as to shore personnel, frequent alerts are important to make sure that cyber risks remain top of mind and uh, latest hacking techniques are communicated. Um, now, uh, another, another challenge, I would say, is that as technology evolves, cyber attacks become more and more unpredictable and severe. Uh, and in that respect, it is important that uh, no matter how advanced the cybersecurity systems a company has in place, that these defenses are frequently challenged, for example, by, by penetration tests. We recently ran a project here at Starvalk during which we performed a real-time hacking simulation to our networks and systems, including those of our vessels. And uh, this was an extremely helpful project because it resulted in a list of enhancements. Initially, it identified our existing vulnerabilities, but then it resulted in a list of enhancements, uh, which will hopefully further safeguard our information technology and operating technology environment. And we are at the moment in the process of implementing those. Um, so I, I, as a final note, um, I would also like to, to mention that it is quite probable that a determined attacker will eventually achieve to penetrate the defenses of a company or a vessel. Uh, but still there are patterns in the moves of an attacker, which is something that 
can be predicted and therefore offer a warning, uh, provided that the company has appropriate centralized monitoring procedures in place. Uh, and this is one more practice which we are currently exploring here at Starbuck, uh, specifically the installation of an advanced endpoint detection response tool. Um, such systems enable us to monitor our information technology and operating technology systems for abnormal behavior and uh, therefore mitigate cyber risks. Thank you. Thank you, Harris. That, that's, um, that's very comprehensive. Um, I turning, thank you for that. And, and of course, we'll come back to you um, in, the, in the second half. Um, Rob, uh, in Washington, DC, uh, you know, the first time I heard about cybersecurity really as a big issue was raised by um, one of your colleagues quite a long time ago at an Intertenco um, meeting. The assistant commandant, Paul Thomas, back then was, you know, raising awareness of the issue. From the Coast Guard's perspective today, um, how do you see the landscape at the moment? And I mean, clearly, you know, you're not operating ships um, uh, that will need to be compliant with the IMO requirements, but um, you've got a, you know, such a multifaceted area of responsibility. Um, what, what does the landscape look like to you at the moment? Yeah, thanks, thanks, Nick, and, and hello, everybody out there, and good morning. And uh, I'd also like to thank Capital Wing for hosting and uh, inviting, inviting me to be on the panel. I'm very excited about the discussion this morning. So, yeah, as far as the, the, the landscape, um, there's, there's a number of, of risks that, that we see out there for vessels and, and really the whole maritime transportation system. Um, we've got increasing dependencies on computers and cyber technologies for for navigation, for communications, for, for the engineering systems on vessels, um, which of course impacts the safety of, of the operating environment. Uh, you've got cargo handling systems and, and really many other operational applications. Um, these increasing dependencies um, it certainly increase the risk, but on top of that, there's also the, the interconnectedness of the port. You can't just look at vessels in, in isolation. It's really a, a system of systems that uh, you know, between ports and the facilities and, and the vessels and all of the other links in the, in the maritime supply chain, uh, each of which, by the way, is, is typically owned by different elements and have different uh, levels of, of cyber risk management and, and hygiene practices. And a failure of any one of those links can cause disruptions for all the other links in the chain and can cause big problems for the the port and the Coast Guard and all the operators on, on the waterfront and other vessels. So those increasing dependencies really elevate the risk, but the interconnectedness of all of those elements increase um, the consequences when we look at, at a particular event. Um, so other, other challenges, you know, it's still largely an, an unknown uh, number of adversaries and type of adversaries out there in, in the cyber world. Um, coming from many vectors that, you know, I think continues to, continues to evolve um, as we get better about cyber protection as, as regulators or as, you know, vessel owners or whoever, um, these adversaries uh, are, are evolving as well and getting better. So we put measures in place to protect and they figure out different ways to work around it. Um, so as regulators, that presents uh, significant challenges for us. We need compliance alternatives that are, uh, that are broad enough and, and flexible enough to adapt to this changing landscape. Um, and Char has 
made a very good point about training too. We need a, we need a, a workforce that's uh, trained in cyber risk management, how to spot potential problems and respond when issues do arise. Uh, in the Coast Guard, we have a, a, a very strong workforce of port state control examiners and vessel inspectors on the domestic side. And at the upper levels, our captain of ports and, 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 and folks in management, and we're very adept in, in vessel systems um, and, and vessel operations, but cyber risk management skills um, is kind of a new, new skill set in an area that we are need to grow and are continuing to grow right now. And we need to do that in, in concert with industry. And that's what we're trying to do is, is uh, develop that training to make sure we stay ahead of those adversaries and on, on par with what our industry uh, partners are doing. Um, another challenge uh, I was thinking about as I was preparing for this, uh, you know, over, it's over the horizon a, a few years, um, a, a little bit, but uh, autonomous vessel technology, we've seen a lot of interest in that here, uh, at least domestically in, in the US. And there's, there's a, an inherent link between increased levels of automation and, and cyber technology. I think everybody understands that. Um, we're not at a point yet, at least in the US, where we have fully autonomous vessels yet, um, but there is a push for uh, more automation of onboard systems. Um, again, back to that interconnectedness point, uh, we need to be very smart about uh, how we account for, for cyber when we do start implementing more uh, you know, autonomous or automation and autonomous technology on vessels. So um, I'll kind of leave it at that. I, again, uh, you know, increasing dependencies and interconnectedness are, are the big ones. Uh, the the uh, uh, unknown adversary and, and training pieces is very uh, uh, relevant right now as well, especially as we uh, move toward 2021 and start having, you know, start the process of uh, in, enforcing some of the IMO ISM guidelines. Well, Rob, thank, thank you very much for that. And we'll come back later towards the end as to how you feel the industry overall is prepared um, in, in the second half. But, but if I turn now to my colleague, uh, Jean-Baptiste in Paris. Uh, Jean-Baptiste, what, what's the class perspective and you know, what, are you, what are you working on at the moment? Thanks, Nick. And hello, everybody. And thanks to Capital Link for hosting this event. Well, I at Bureau Veritas, we, we see as many observers uh, that the, the cyber risk has become today uh, very prominent uh, for all the businesses. Um, and, and typically, uh, there was a, a risk barometer uh, developed by Alliance, the insurance company, that runs cybersecurity as the major risk along with business interruption for, for companies and corporates in general. So obviously, this was before the COVID crisis, but it shows that today, for all the businesses, it's, it's a major risk. And, and the figures are, are impressive. And just to remind them, uh, only in the US, the, the, the FBI is reporting several billions of revenues from ransomware. Uh, so cyber crime has become a business by itself. And the cost associated to recover, to protect uh, on cybersecurity is evaluated at several hundred of billions of dollars, according to a, a well-recognized uh, uh, McAfee uh, study. So, so it's, it's really big. And, and, and today, shipping companies are not exempted from it. Uh, I, I will not mention names, uh, but uh, I'm sure we have all seen in the news these, uh, these companies from Europe, from China, uh, that have been attacked uh, in the last years, and including in 2020. And, and not to mention the, the ongoing attack for, uh, towards a yard in, in Europe. So uh, the, the cyber risk is everywhere onshore for, uh, for shipping companies. And with increasing connectivity, 
to implement the what we call the, the smart chip use cases and that will ultimately uh, enable automatization but even the simple digitization use cases well uh, we need to create connectivity with the ship and this introduce uh, new vulnerabilities and, and new uh, opportunities for hackers um, so, so the risk is, is really real uh, and, and the challenge we see at, at, at Bureau Veritas is that the level of awareness and maturity of ship owners is very different. Of course, you, you have ship owners like, uh, like Starbuck who are well advanced into uh, analyzing the cyber risk and taking uh, actions to, to protect, protect themselves. themselves. But we see also we many, see many other companies that uh, have not started and that are waiting basically for the IMO requirements to be set up to, to start working. So, so ship owners need to anticipate and, and, and we strongly support them in, in to do, into this because we, we see it also as an opportunity. As I said before, if the ship owners want to capture the gains from digitization, they need to make sure that they have solid um, IT foundations that start with good IT hygiene. And by ensuring uh, the basics of cybersecurity, you ensure that you have these good IT foundations. So it's an opportunity to, uh, to position yourself well for the, for the digitization. I think, I, I think you're in mute, but um, I'm done on my side. Great, no thanks JB, um, you can hear me now. Um, so we'll come back to obviously you again later. Um, Harold Ambos, uh, Babis, um, from your perspective at Tototheo, uh, you know, how, how do you see um, the market and, and the opportunities and, and risks you're helping uh, manage? Of course, thank you, Nick, for the introduction. Hello to everyone. Um, I, will, I will start by saying that everyone in the industry discussing about uh, this regulation of IMO 2021, and it's very reasonable. We have been asked from our customers what they have to do in order to be compliant with the upcoming regulations about their vessels. Uh, many of them, they want to extend uh, the regulation option, the compliance option to their offices. Uh, I have the feeling that everyone is a little bit stressed about that. I will try to summarize the basic uh, risks and challenges about cybersecurity in the maritime industry and uh, which are the main points that we need to pay attention in order to, to be more effectively compliant. Um, indeed, it is very challenging to develop an effective and affordable information security system which will, will apply on board vessels. Due to the nature of vessels, it is very important to take into account all the limitations like the bandwidth, the change of crews, uh, the systems on board, that many of them are not secured by design, so we have to secure them. Uh, the third parties using vessel systems, and of course, uh, as uh, the other panelists mentioned, uh, the, the lack of, aware of awareness in the crew, which is very crucial. Uh, moreover, uh, due to the connectivity of vessels to the internet, hackers using free or low cost, very low cost uh, resources, and they are able to exploit possible vulnerabilities that, that there are, and we know that there are in both IT and OT systems. Of course, we have to take care and from the insider, from a malicious actor from insider or by mistake from an insider, etc. Considering the above, um, we understand that all this can expose companies' assets to a great risk. Of course, there are risks and challenges, but I believe, and we believe at Ototheo, that there is also a big opportunity here. 
an opportunity to improve the overall security of the vessels as well as, well as the common infrastructure and the operations. By raising the awareness of crews and office personnel, it could be very helpful for regulation compliance in order to know how to defend in a potential threat, uh, how to respond to an incident, etc. Moreover, if we have in place policy and procedure which will apply on board vessels, uh, we have to develop them considering the needs and the expectation of the ship owner and to make clear to all the personnel and the crew that these policies and procedures, processes, etc. are here for some reason, with, a, with some scope. Uh, of course, we have to take into consideration the uniqueness of each vessel. We cannot apply every, uh, every policy and every procedure for all the fleet. Um, I believe that with a well-structured plan, there is the ability to improve the overall situation on board and to change the cybersecurity mentality of personnel by using specific techniques like awareness, as Ms. Plakadonaki mentioned before, uh, and to give them examples from, from personal life in order to be able to adopt it to their business life. I think you are muted. Sorry, bad discipline. Thank, thank you, Babi. That's very helpful. Um, so, David, now finally, um, your turn. I mean, the MPA, you've got a you know very, very large port to run with massive uh, ambitions as well in terms of uh, increasing cargo and, and lots of projects related to digital connectivity. Um, what's your perspective on? The, the current status of cyber security in, in the shipping industry today. Well, thank you very much, uh, Nicholas, and uh, thank you uh, to the Capital Link uh, for organizing this forum. Um, I really don't disagree with uh, a lot of what my fellow uh, distinguished panelists have said, uh, but let me offer some perspectives as a port uh, regulator. So in Singapore, um, I think for us, we, we do agree that I, I think you also heard um, yesterday from the IMO SecGen that digitalization is here to stay. And it's important uh, to ensure that we take the opportunity, for example, in this uh, COVID situation to push ahead because the future of work will change. The way that COVID actually impacts uh, workflows and processes will also change. So we need to be able to adapt and be able to see this as an opportunity to really push ahead with digitalization. In Singapore, for us, um, we do want to support a lot of the digitalization uh, initiatives. For example, the single window framework. Uh, for us, we have already created a new platform called Digital Port uh, at SG. And all the various port clearances and all the regulatory transactions in the future will be digital. So increasingly, companies, uh, ships, uh, agents, they all will have to transact with digital platforms. And this connectivity is important because the efficiencies gathered from such uh, initiatives will actually help spur growth, trade, uh, help with businesses to be more compliant, to be more efficient. And that's important for us to actually grow uh, the economy to be able to grow trade. At the same time, I think on board ships, uh, we've got about 140,000 uh, ship arrivals uh, every year. Um, 
last few months have been uh, affected a little bit. But um, nevertheless, to say that every ship that comes in represents a possible risk by which cyber does not just remain within the cyber realm because the impact can actually go beyond uh, into the physical realm. So for example, if a ship is attacked uh, from a cyber perspective and it affects the engines, for example, and you lose control of the ship, that can also lead to a navigational safety sort of situation. So we understand the shipping industry has been managing uh, safety and pollution risks in accordance with the ISM code uh, for the longest time. But bringing cyber risks into play can often be very challenging because they are usually harder to quantify, uh, understand, and perhaps difficult to relate to the physical world around us. So we need um, to level up uh, the knowledge um, in terms of the shipping industry, give them best practices. So for example, just like COVID, right? It's also a global threat. We need to basically look at cyber threats as global and to be able to partner with both shipping industries, with the various port uh, uh, regulators to ensure that systems are cybersecurity by design so that we can actually strengthen the systems that we interact. And for cyber risk, actually, besides technology, the other two parts of it would be people and processes too. So we need to take care because the weakest link can also be people. And we need to be able to then secure within the insider threats as well as external threats also. So for us um, at uh, MPA in Singapore, we look at, uh, at cyber as an ecosystem that we need to tackle from all various sort of perspectives, from the ship perspective to the um, port as well as, as the regulator. So in a sense, uh, for us, um, we have also invested in a Maritime Cyber Security Operations Center to actually look at uh, monitoring on behalf of the entire uh, maritime industry in Singapore, all the various important information infrastructure. So we have that uh, as an initiative to be able to then uh, alert us as the quickest possible way, uh, possible attack. Because I think uh, if you look at the various frameworks, the most important thing is really information that you can detect. And then because you can detect quickly, you can actually respond quickly too. So besides uh, putting in place this um, security uh, operation center, we also do exercises with the various players, whether it's going to be the port um, itself or the various uh, shipping companies. We will have annual exercises where we go through certain standard operating procedures, how to tackle certain cyber security scenarios. I think with better training, better understanding of which agencies, uh, who is responsible for which sort of responses, uh, the key is we need to be able to respond to it as quickly as possible and as robustly because we may only have one chance to be able to do this right. So for us, uh, it has to be holistic. You need to essentially look in the entire spectrum from detection all the way to mitigation. Yeah. Okay, thank you, Nicholas. Okay, super. Uh, thank you, David. I mean, thank you to all of you. Um, that's a very interesting overview of, of what's going on and, and your different perspectives and, and perceptions of where we are as industry. With this new IMO 2021 cybersecurity mandate, you know, coming into force on the 1st of January, um, what happens now? I, I mean, David, if I, if I stick with you, um, from a practical perspective, um, are you worried about, you know, what's going to happen next year? I mean, I guess fundamentally nothing's changed. It's a question of whether, you know, ships are compliant and can demonstrate they're doing what needs to be done. Uh, Harris, 
you know, at Starbuck has described their pretty sophisticated program and understanding of, of where we are. But, you know, looking across the whole market and, you know, this will be one for you, Rob, as well. You know, as, as a port, are you worried um, in, uh, about the, the cyber protection of ships in general um, looking ahead? Well, uh, if I could uh, respond uh, to that first. I think for us, uh, we are all uh, cognizant that every uh, company, every ship will have um, different sorts of level of networks on board. So every situation will be very unique and every company will have different levels of understanding of the risks and will have different budgets because I think money is also an important aspect about how much you want to invest in cyber security sort of solutions and tools. So we recognize uh, some of these, um, but what's important is that um, there are certain best practices which are already available. And I think the ISM is really in the correct direction because it gives a high level sort of guidance in terms of what um, companies ought to be aware about in terms of the different risks and the different solutions that are out there. So it's not going to be very prescriptive. It's going to be able to guide uh, people, I would say the majority, if you can follow the ISM uh, guidelines, um, you should be, I would say, in a much better position than if you had ignored it. So I think from us, uh, my, our perspective is really to help um, to assist where we can and to really encourage people to adopt it uh, sooner rather than later. Because I think uh, although it's uh, going to be uh, implemented in 2021, it's not due until the next inspection of your safety management mm -hmm. system. So I think there's a little bit of leeway in terms of time, um, but we really need to get our act together right now. And one more thing, it's that the challenges of shipping is that even if you train the people, uh, because as we know in ships, um, there will be crew changes, the cargo type may change, the different locations which the ships actually go to uh, represents also different risks around the port. So it's not just a one port effort. We need to really uh, work with all the other port authorities to make sure that uh, we can actually have some sort of uh, agreement. And in fact, um, I think information sharing is also one big area that I think we can improve much better. So for Singapore, we've already started um, leveraging on what we call the uh, Port Authorities Roundtable. It's essentially a grouping of port authorities to come together to discuss some of the more strategic issues of which cybersecurity is one of them. Um, and we're going to set up uh, a system to be able to alert each other of some of the cyber uh, security situations around the world. Because if you, it affects one port, it can very well in very quick succession affect other ports also around the world. So I think if we can actually get together to do information sharing much better, it will give us a lot more chance to be able to address the various threats. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Thank you, David. Um, Babi, um, do you, what, what's your perspective in terms of, you know, what happens now? Look, um, can you hear me? Okay, yeah. Yep. Uh, I believe that in order to meet the, the requirements of IMO in January 2021, we need a practical approach, as you said in the beginning. Uh, which will give to shipping companies the compliance points that they need in order to ensure the conformity with the new regulation. Uh, we have designed a practical approach uh, combining experience both from maritime industry and from cybersecurity field, which can guide a shipping uh, company to secure their vessels and their operations. Very briefly, 
uh, because we will we'll not have so many time. That's right, we're running out of time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I will mention some points of our of our approach. Um, when we want to design a cybersecurity system, we have first of all to know the scope of that, where we will apply that. We have to keep in mind that everything in cybersecurity is risk-based. All the decisions have to be the outcome of a risk management procedure, which will ensure that the company is well-placed to defend potential threats and vulnerabilities, as well as to ensure security of corporate data. Of course, it is very important here to mention, uh, as mentioned before, that this needs and the management commitment in order to be effective and successful. It is very crucial to include to every risk-based procedure both IT and OT equipment. We know very well that OT equipment has a lot of vulnerabilities. There are systems that remain on board for more than five, ten years without any security by design. So we need to pay attention on that too. Furthermore, very important part is the awareness of the personnel, both on board vessels and in the premises, as I mentioned before. Therefore, we need uh, cyber-aware people. If I can say we have uh, three pillars, three main pillars, cyber-aware people, effective policy and procedures in place, and the suitable technical implementation, which reflect our policies and procedures on board vessel or in our premises. Um, the risk assessment process is very crucial in order to help civic companies uh, with the identification of their assets, their roles and their responsibilities, the implementation of procedural and technical countermeasures that we find found out during the risk assessment process, as well as the activities to prepare and respond to cybersecurity incidents. I'd better stop you there and, and let in some of the others because now we're down to minutes. Thank you very much for that. Rob, do you want to jump in? Yeah, I'll, I'll, try to be quick. I'll try to be quick, Nick. Uh, so, 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 yeah, um, so, the, so the Coast Guard, we've really maintained the, the posture over, over many years, uh, probably back to when you first heard Admiral Thomas talk a few years ago, um, that, that as we tackle the, the cyber risk management issue, that we want the solution to how uh, to achieve cybersecurity to be industry-led. Um, our, our goal is to create, a, we call it a corporate governance structure to proactively manage cyber risk. And that includes the development of third-party consensus standards uh, for, for cyber, uh, as well as training for, for uh, particular roles and responsibilities for Coast Guard and, and industry personnel. Um, so we continue to work out, we continue to work with ASTM and the class societies to develop these standards that fit within a framework that can, that can capture the risks and evolve as the threats um, evolve. And I think we are, we are um, getting there. Uh, I don't know what the final point looks like, because as I said, this is an evolving threat that I think will have, and the, and the, the compliance standards will have to evolve over time to match um, the risks. Uh, I do want to mention real quick that we have some developed some guidance, uh, some useful guidance, I think, from the Coast Guard. Uh, we put out a navigation vessel inspection circular facility owners and operators on on uh, uh, assessing computer systems and network vulnerabilities in ports uh, just this past uh, uh, winter. And we have another uh, uh, guidance document for vessels coming out that will give some, some better guidance for, for vessels and owners and how to uh, comply with the IMO 
resolution, um, as well as the reporting channels and what we will require uh, within within the U.S. when an incident does does arise. So I'll I'll cut it off there. Uh, next okay. Thanks, Rob. Thank you. Thank you for that, Harris. Any final thoughts from Starbulk? Thank you, Nicholas. And I will try to be brief um, as we have very few minutes left. I think it is important to note that IMO 2021 guidelines provide high level recommendations which can be incorporated into existing risk management processes. And they are complementary to the, to the safety and security management practices that are already established by uh, the IMO. And in that respect, we at Starbuck, we have already developed uh, vessel safety and security plans which provide guidance to, to crews and employees ashore regarding cybersecurity risks and how to handle them. Uh, these plans have been based on the IMO guidelines, but uh, they are also based on ISO 27001, which specifies a requirement for um, uh, establishing, implementing, and improving information security management system. And of course, we have also taken into consideration guidelines by uh, BIMCO and other industry stakeholders, and also the uh, US NIST framework. So, at the moment, we, we are in the process of incorporating these plans into our SMS. Um, and I think Jean-Baptiste mentioned preparedness, uh, same as with IMO 2020, and in order to meet the 2021 requirement, I think it is very important that shipping companies plan in advance and do not leave their preparedness until the last minute. Uh, and in addition to having plans, it is important that these plans are also audited by external parties. Uh, for example, many of our vessels have already been audited by uh, parties such as rights, ship and classification societies, obviously on a voluntary basis for now, given that, um, as um, uh, David, I, I think, mentioned, um, uh, the IMO encourages administrations to ensure that uh, cybersecurity is addressed uh, no later than the first annual verification of a company's uh, DOC after January 2021. 20, uh, and uh, final note, uh, other than meeting the IMO requirement in paper, it is critical uh, that shipping companies carry out also internal audits, whether through onboard attendances or remotely. Um, audits should also ensure what most of the panelists have also mentioned, that crews on board are familiar uh, with the manuals, that they are well-trained. Um, and in that respect, also pre-embarkation familiarization is, uh, is critical. Um, and um, uh, very, very last point, and I will leave you with that, is that shipping companies may also consider adopting uh, cybersecurity notations by classification societies. This would, of course, imply additional costs, but it would ensure the review of uh, relevant cybersecurity documentation and also uh, the surveying on board the vessels. Thank you. Paris, perfect. Thank you. Well, that tees you up nicely, Jean-Baptiste, um, to you know, close the session for us. Exactly. I think I have 30 seconds to close it. And I think Caris made a very perfect introduction. I mean, at BV, we, we, we fully support the, the, the preparation to IMO compliance. We, we have actually two class notations. One is cyber manage, which is really designed to, to prepare for IMO compliance, ensuring uh, we, we take into account all the best practices developed by the US Coast Guard, by BIMCO, by the third-party provider like, like Tototeo. So we provide this framework for third-party review before the ISM audit happened, if ship owners are interested. And moving forward, as uh, Mr. Fu um, from MPA mentioned, which is, what is very important is to prepare also cybersecurity by design for the new buildings. So we have a separate framework, what is called CyberSecure, and we are working with Ajax to harmonize these standards across classification societies to have a unified 
uh, moving forward requirement uh, to be shared with shipyards, with ship owners, and also other maritime stakeholders like ports and like the, the flag administration. Okay, fantastic. Well, thank you very much. I think we're just about there. Um, very good to see you all. Thank you for all the time you spent preparing and sharing now here today. I mean, it sounds like the industry is quite well prepared for cybersecurity in terms of regulation, ports, coast guard, service providers, class, and of course, um, ship owners. Um, but the, the watch where it is, get started now if you haven't already. There is a bit of leeway in terms of when your ISM uh, audits may be falling due and when port state control may be you know, able to come after you. Um, so get on with it. And um, you know, once again, thank you very much. I, I see it's dark in Singapore now, David. Um, you know, dusk has fallen over there. I, I think the sun is probably well up in Washington. Um, but wonderful to see you all. And thanks for joining us. All the best. Bye. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, everyone. Please head on to the Capital Lane chat room to meet the speakers. We want to thank everyone for joining. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye, Annie. Bye.